Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Tony Kennett from the Tony Kennett Show, which you can hear Saturdays 1 to 3 here on WIBC, joins me in the studio. All right, coming up in just a a little bit, we're going to head to your wheelhouse, which is public education. I learned something that is now apparently super prevalent in public schools the other night that just blew my mind. But then I thought about it, and I was like, well, it's Indiana and it's in Indiana run by the Indiana Republican Party, so it totally seems right. So we'll get to that in a moment. But first, Biden is back on the come for the guns kick. Woo! And my question to you, and I have asked this question for a very long time and no one can explain it to me. What is the definition of an assault weapon? Well, I think that really, like gender, it's a spectrum. And uh, the, the more black and picatinny rails and and scary angles are on the gun, the more assault rifle it is. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then that becomes assault rifle plus. Oh, you know, you got. Uh, ma- yeah, because what was it? Ultra MAGA? Ultra, ultra MAGA. Ultras? Ultra assault rifles. Because yeah. the definition of a, 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 like a weapon is to an assault something. If you have a handgun, if you have a knife, if you have a whatever, the premise of having that is to assault something. Yeah. They're all assault weapons. I go home and put a scope on my duct tape. It becomes assault duct tape. It's, it's very incredible. I'm like raising the property value of my home by strapping a scope to it. Absolutely. Now, so the liberals have such a weird fetish with guns. No, and, they really do. And you spent many years hanging around many liberal people when you were ascending through the public education system. That is, I heard some weird things from teachers about guns. What? Why? Why do they have such a fetish with the guns? Uh, well, because guns are cool. Guns are cool. Uh, just unmistakably, as someone who has enjoyed shooting both semi-automatic and fully automatic weapons, some on Uncle Sam's dime, thank you very much uh-huh. for paying for that, uh, I have learned that uh, people who have never shot them but see them are kind of jealous. I mean, they hate them. They're terrified of them. That ooh, scary black machine-looking thing. But they're really they're cool. Guns are cool. I mean, if you teach and raise your children right, like obviously my father father was a federal law enforcement officer, so I grew up in a house with guns. It was made very clear to me the rule on the guns: don't handle the gun. It wasn't in a position where I could when I was a kid. As I got older, it was taught very clearly to me: you never point a weapon at someone unless you intend to use. Use it. I mean, all those things. If you properly raise your kids, but isn't this maybe the overall, the overarching thing? People don't want to actually raise their kids or teach people the right way to do things. So it's just easier to say these are bad and we must ban them. Yeah, the government can raise your family. The government can tell you what's good for you. Yeah, yeah. The same government who told you that eating six servings of bread a day is healthy <laughs> is now telling you that you don't really need a gun. Just just let us have all the guns, even though we show up to crimes 30 minutes after they're over. And even though we encroach on the rights of, of whoever doesn't defend themselves against, hey, our minorities are harder to approach. You know who you're not going to hear that from? The government. So Biden gave a speech yesterday. He's back on the gun fetish. Take a listen. And I'm determined once again to ban assault weapons in high capacity magazines. Hear the suburban women cheering. (laughs) I led that fight to ban them in 1994. 
The 10 years that law was in place, mass shootings went down. Our Republican friends let it expire when it, 10 years later. And mass shootings tripled since then, tripled. So let's finish the job. Ban assault weapons. Ban them again. Do it now. Enough. Do something. Do something big. All right, I'm going to turn this over to you because I'm a person who has a gun. I know how to use a the gun. gun. Yo, but, that's that's some rookie level let, stuff. I don't even own a gun. Remember Wayne's World? Where he's like, I don't even own a gun, let alone mini guns that would constitute owning a gun rack. But I do not. <laughs> I know how to use the weapon in question in a safe and responsible manner to protect myself and my family. I am not a gun expert like you are, so I will turn it over to you. Tony Kennett. So as a man who lost all of his firearms in a boating accident, uh, it was very tragic. All of my firearms just mysteriously disappeared for the ATF who's currently listening to this. Uh, However, I can say that as someone who can actually read both events and a calendar, I can point out that what Biden said is very misleading. No, during the 10-year mass shooting stopped because of the assault weapons, that's not true. Mass shootings have been steadily declining, had been steadily, steadily declining by the time his ban went into effect and just continued to decline because that was the trend of the data. The assault weapons ban, after several reports by the Department of Justice, by the way, found that the assault weapons ban had next to nothing to do with the the shootings going down. And by the way, since then, they like say that like, oh, they've tripled, they've tripled. Uh, regionally, that's not the case. So uh, if you're actually going to get out and tell Americans the reason that you need to take their rights away from them, including the most amazing and fundamental right of being an American, away from them, maybe you should take a second look at the data and find that the assault weapons ban did remarkably little, if nothing at all, to stop mass shootings. That's complete gaslighting. Uh, it's Ken on Casey's show. I'm Rob. Tony Kennett in for Casey today. The only person who may be more ridiculous than Joe Biden is Nancy Pelosi. And she gave a little, she was at some little event where she was asked questions. I can't remember what it was. Doesn't matter. The point is she's wholly ridiculous. And at this event, she announced she is all in on Biden running again and that he has really great judgment. I don't know if he's going to run. He hasn't shared that confidence with me. But you're for it if he does. Of course. Yeah, I am definitely for it. And I, I, um, I hope that sometime soon he will make that decision. Right. Everybody said, well, he's old and all that. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something. He has great judgment. <laughs> Tony, the floor is yours. <laughs> this is coming from the same woman uh, who who said that well, we we gotta have immigrants from Mexico. Who's gonna mow the lawns? I, that, <laughs> coming from her, I, I don't think I would trust her uh, judgment of who does and doesn't have good judgment. If if you can't get on air without making a uh, racial stereotype, maybe maybe you don't pick the next president. Well, pal. and I mean they say these things with a straight face, which makes you wonder: Are they just that good of liars? I mean, are they just great social? Sociopathic, pathological uh, liars, or does she really believe it? I say we, we really should be giving her a break because it's a lot of physical strain to do insider trading 23 hours of the day. Uh, so it, as far between that and her, you know, shipping we, uh, shipping money for weapons yeah. to, for the conflict diamond industry in Africa, I'm not really sure how she can find the time to comment on the U.S. presidential race. But wait, Tony, there's more. Uh, he also says that uh, he should totally run because... Well, he's younger than she is, and that definitely makes sense. He's absolutely a magnificent leader. He is um, younger than I am, so I don't know what the... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't know what the problem is, but in, <laughs> but in any event, um, uh, I hope that he will soon make some announcement. Yeah. It does not help her that the laugh sounded like the chuckle of uh, when Indiana Jones um, in the Lost Crusade is talking to the knight that's like 1,200 years old. He's like, or in Mary Poppins, the old banker who's like on his deathbed, Poppins, and like that. That's how she laughed. She laughed wheezing like a 300-year-old whoopee cushion shoved into a microphone. That doesn't really help your case. Hey, young whippersnapper, I'm getting my teeth. And this is our government. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's him. Yeah. It's her. It's McConnell. It's Schumer. It's Chuck Grassley. It's Bernie Sanders. Uh, when, just, just old, look, decrepit people. Look, when my dad gets too old, I'm not going to send him in a nursing home. I'm just going to have him run for Congress. <laughs> That's a better nursing home than anywhere else, man. It's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett in for Casey. When we come back, I learned something the other night that is going on at school systems all across central Indiana. Tony has confirmed this to me. He says it's an even bigger problem than I realized. This totally blew my mind that not only that it's happening, but everybody seems to be just fine with it. Oh, they're aggressively fine with it. And if you're not fine with it, you're a bigot. And, uh, well, I put this out. I just merely repeated the information on Twitter the other night, and a whole bunch of people called me all the phobes and the is and everything else because I simply reported what was reported at the meeting that I went to. Those suburban white women, man. I tell you what, they are yelling at you from the cul-de-sac. They were were angry that I merely just made a factual statement. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Haven't spoken to a Hispanic woman since 1993, but they know you're racist, Yes, and uh, we, we will get into all of this when we come back. It's the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Tony Kennett in for Casey today. All right, so I learned something, Tony, that is now going on in our public schools, and it is not only uh, prevalent, it is totally acceptable, and nobody seems to be batting an eye at this at all. Sure. And so I will turn it, I will tell the audience what is happening you say it's an even bigger deal than i was aware of and i'll turn it over to you so i went to the uh the brownsburg school board meeting the other night as one does and they had some lady get up and she said that there are so many people now entering the public school system in our community that are not speaking english or really having any knowledge whatsoever of english that they are now forced to buy all of these devices, machines, whatever you want to call them, that at, at several hundred dollars a piece that can interpret something like 79 languages or something. And I'm sitting in the back and nobody's objecting to this. Nobody's raising their hand on the school board going, what the hell is going on? We have so many people. Like It's not like, oh, there's one or two people in here that just don't, you know, don't understand English and we'll, we'll help them. Right. It's there are so many people on a consistent basis entering our public school system in this state, and you're telling me it's all over central Indiana, that we have to spend tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars in all of these school systems 
to accommodate these people. You know, it's really interesting. Jennifer McCormick, the probable next uh, Democrat candidate for Indiana governor and also the former state superintendent, she talks about this all the time, that public schools have made such great strides in the last, you know, 20 years. 20 years ago, almost to the day in 2003, we were talking about the incredible importance for English as second language learning instruction, meaning we had a lot of people coming into the country who couldn't speak English. So it was a good thing for our society and our economy to teach kids English. Only here's the catch. That never happened. Our public schools in Indiana are absolutely horrid at teaching Spanish or excuse me, at teaching English to Spanish speaking students. They do not know how to do it. You have a lot of people, a lot of young women who graduate from college who took like some kind of an ESL minor. English is a second language minor. They have no idea how to actually help a kid get from English to Spanish or from Spanish to English. And what's worse is as the the numbers increase of students who cannot speak English come into these schools, the more that these ESL departments are starting to wonder whether it's a good idea or not to even teach them English because English is this white colonial oppressive language and we really need to honor the family heritage and history of these Hispanic families by just allowing them to continue speaking Spanish when they don't realize that if they would actually talk to any of the tens of thousands of Hispanic parents in Indianapolis, they're sending their kids to school to learn English that these Hispanic parents understand far better than any of the liberal counselors and ESL departments in the state that maybe, maybe we should focus on teaching our children to perform adequately in our society, not to just buy translation machines and not teach them and just affirm them out the wazoo. Well, yeah, and I'm sitting in, in the back minding my own business and I'm thinking to myself, okay, first of all, this is super weird that everybody is just like okay with this. Now, the makeup of that school board, I under, I, I get it. But I, as a taxpayer, mm. am spending tens of thousands of dollars to placate and to appease people who have not assimilated. Like, if I moved to Mexico... right. I would expect that they would not roll out the red carpet for Rob Kendall and say, we're going to do everything the way to make things easier for you. The It's a huge indictment of our immigration system mm-hmm. that we have people who are here that are sending their kids to public school. They're using public resources. And clearly, they are not assimilating before doing that. And now we are supposed to fund because they have not assimilated. It's not the kid's fault. I'm not blaming the kid. But what I'm saying is we as a system, as a society, are just saying, you do whatever you want and we will take care of it. And and by the way, Hispanic families are not happy about this either. And this is a very important thing to note because what you are hit with when you ask the questions that you just did, you were hit with, you are a racist, bigot, homophobe, angry, anti-Hispanic person. I don't know how homophobe gets in there, but you know, the phobes in this (laughs) just roll off the tongue. So they're really angry and you just hate Spanish speaking kids. Even though when you actually speak to Hispanic speak or Hispanic Spanish speaking families they will tell you that they want their kids to learn English they want them to learn it better than they speak it because again they want their kids to be successful in the American economy in the American system that's really why 99% of them are here well and you understand the modern uh, lunatic leftist better than I do but I simply put this on Twitter at oh, the big meeting. Mistake. Well, I, I, there's no commentary, nothing like we're doing here. It was just simply said, wow, there's apparently so many people 
who are in Brownsburg schools who do not speak English, we have to buy these machines to interpret. And it's been that's been two days now. These lefty psychos are still on there calling me an ist and a phobe and a blah, blah, blah. I haven't broke the news to them that my wife is Hispanic, so I guess that no, would eliminate I get, me I get, being the racist I get or against Hispanic. I get mocked for that one as well. Uh, my wife is is half Hispanic, uh-huh. and, and so that they, they, they mock her for that, even though my wife isn't even in the political game. But, you know, okay. I also speak fluent Spanish and speak it much better than any of the English as a second language department individuals that I've ever worked with. Uh, and yes, I am bragging about that because I worked hard to become fluent at a language that these people who are supposed to be working with Hispanic kids don't seem to know or understand. And and the real issue here is the inclusivity thing. Because if you took all of the Spanish-speaking students and you put them in one classroom with a Spanish-speaking teacher, you wouldn't need all of the expensive translation machines so that the kids could go to other classrooms. It is okay to group kids by common experiences and qualifiers. That's not damaging. Maybe they'll all learn ling- they'll all learn English together a little more quickly because you're all teaching them English at the same time. But see, no, that's not inclusive. We have to take every kid and put them in the same classroom. And then if the teacher's having a mental breakdown because they have to speak Spanish, Vietnamese, and Arabic, which by the way, I saw in one classroom at IPS, and they have to teach math, they have to also teach three kids that have learning disabilities, they also have to teach all this woke crap, any teacher would have a mental breakdown over this garbage. But that's the Indiana public education system. And I was just amazed that I I simply reported what they spent a whole bunch of time on at the meeting. There was no commentary or anything, just simply saying, this is what they're saying. And that triggered these lefty people to the point where two days later, they are still hung up on it. The mere stating of the fact, I don't know why it triggers these people. They apparently are okay with it and really think it should be a thing. Why are they okay with someone broadcasting it? These are the same people that got really upset over at Hamilton Southeastern when the school board uh, canceled the panorama surveys. Yeah. And they're like, but we've already paid for it. How could you just throw away money on, on mental health surveys? And it's like, well, but the, we don't know where the data is going. And we don't like the questions that are being asked. And a lot of parents don't like the, the surveys. And people just continue to freak out. Well, how could you not want mental health surveys for children? Don't you like children? Don't you love children? Again, the screaming woman from the suburb cul-de-sac who sits there all day and yells very angrily at all of us middle class and lower class individuals who deign to disagree with her high society lifestyle is just bewildering. And it's the thing we've been talking about here recently about growth and the type of growth and what's going on in our society. And we had Nathan, our, our super listener, who by the way is black called from Boston and said, you are spot on with this. Um, where we talk about how did we go from these places being, you know, smaller suburban communities to the point now where there is we are bu- apparently building or or creating such population booms that we have so many people entering the communities. I mean, and we're talking at a very relatively short period of time to where the taxpayers have to spend tens of thousands of dollars in each of these communities to take care of people who have not yet assimilated. I mean, what does this say about the growth? pattern and and that is not good for anyone. No, and, and the interesting thing here, and Thomas Sowell has been pointing this out since the 70s, and he has yet to be wrong on any of his his commentary on, on cultural institutions here, that it is not a bad thing to look at a situation and say that although it will be difficult, this is a solution for the problem, and this is a solution that we need to go to. And by clipping ourselves at the wings and saying, well, that's too harsh. Really, we ought to just 
prop up a failing system. We just need to buy a bunch of expensive translation machines. Sure, that won't help the kids learn. Sure, that won't actually help any student at all or any parent or any taxpayer or anyone in the district. But we'll just kind of prop it up because we don't want to do anything too drastic. You end up crippling generation after generation because you cannot simply prop up the falling building forever. Eventually, it will give way. And that's the American public education system. We've been putting bent, rotten wood scaffolding up to hold this collapsing building for years. It doesn't help our students. It's failing them. He's Tony Kennedy. I'm Rob Kendall. Stick around. Voicemails coming up next. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answer in That's catchy, isn't it? I'm not in. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett's in for Casey today. Kevin's here. Voicemails, if you'd like to call the hotline, 317-684-8444, 317-684-8444. All right, so yesterday, as I have done many times on this program, Tony, I posed a question to the listeners, including all of the uh, Mike Pence gravy train people who couldn't run a... Uh, I love a good gravy train. Church's chicken, if their life depended on it, but yet have made huge money in the government because they have clung to Mike Pence like grim death. I said, you or anyone else, please call and tell me what the signature accomplishment of Mike Pence is, either as a congressman or as a governor. We really never seem to get a phone call with any sort of accomplishment, which is weird because he was in government for like 15 years before he latched onto Trump's coattails. And somebody called about that request. Hey, Rob. Hey, Casey. I have two sheets of paper here that have outlined uh, everything that Mike Pence did as congressman and governor. But I made a mistake. I'm looking at them, and the pages are blank, except for one little line down at the bottom. And it said it got his idiot brother elected to Congress on name recognition, and he hasn't done anything but collect a paycheck buy better-looking suits, but I'm sorry. His brother, he is my representative for my district. Man, he is so dense, light bends around him. But I like Mike Pence. I've met him several times. He's always been very nice, but I don't need nice in political office. I need effectiveness, and we haven't had that from him, and we certainly haven't had it from that bankruptcy filing Haunted off on the citizens of Bartholomew County, Greg Pence. So there's that. So, uh, so, uh, was that not what I said earlier on in the show? Like almost verbatim? I, I, I'm, I know it's unpopular. I, I like Mike Pence. I've known him. I've known Karen for a long time. I was his last West Point appointment before he ran for governor. Um, and I, I've like Mike. Greg, could screw up a two-car funeral procession, and I, 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 I don't know. The man, the man's got it right. I, I got to be honest. The, the Greg Pence thing amazes me. Like I, having been around Mike Pence, etc. I see how people can get enamored with Mike Pence. Greg Pence is like Fredo. He doesn't have any of the characteristics Mike Pence does, other than he looks like his brother and his last name is Pence. And yet, I just saw somebody the other day, Jim Banks had some event that Greg Pence was at. And it was like, people were, look at these great conservative heroes. When it comes to Greg Pence, based on what? 
Yeah, Greg does a really great impression of a statue uh, all the time, actually. In fact, people haven't let him know that he's allowed to speak as a congressman. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're actually allowed to represent your district. Did you know? You can go back, you can talk to people in your district, um, and then you can take what it is they're concerned about and you can address it on the hill. It's called federalism. It's a crazy idea we come up with. Um, but the only thing I've seen from Greg, Pren- uh, Greg Pence is his billboards. Yeah, I see his billboards on 40 all the time when I'm driving through Knightstown. Greg Pence serving America. I, that's great. I, I don't know how. I don't know what he's really done. And look, do we need rank and file Republicans to vote along with the Republican agenda? You can make that argument. But I'm sorry. I don't want to like vote in a mannequin to office. I don't want to vote in the plastic cutout. I want to vote in someone with some conviction for their district. Well, and here is the question when it comes to Greg Pence that I've long pondered for people. And you're in his district, I think, right? I sure am. Yeah. The question about Greg Pence is, do the people not know about the Keel Brothers Oil Company? thing they, I mean, just, I, they don't care how could you not care what that guy did with the local bank to the taxpayers for the environmental cleanup how he shows his face i mean the fact that he sh- just shows his grinning face in public tells you all you need to know and yet the voters keep sending this guy back i mean that is the most american thing ever where somebody totally screws you over in which their business dealings not only screwed a community over, it screwed you over as a taxpayer, and you go, oh, look, this guy's here. We're so lucky. It just blows my mind, Tony. I, again, I, I get a lot of interesting comments, at least to me, because, well, you could, Tony, you could never run for office because you don't just, you never tow the party line. I, I don't I don't play soft-handed, soft-handed games with people. I, I give them the straight answer either way, and I don't like Greg Pence. I'm sorry, I just don't. I just I get changed my mind, I guess. All right, so we have a, a reoccurring caller, Tony, on this show that is a great intrigue and a mystery to us. Um, we don't know if he is on something. We don't know where he's at, if and when he's calling. But every time he calls, I feel like I must know more about this guy. And the other day, we were talking about uh, a certain type of encyclopedia that was big back in the 1970s that I had no idea. I did indeed know that people went door-to-door selling encyclopedias. I had just never heard of this specific encyclopedia. And that had this guy very concerned. You don't know what a Funkin' Wagnalls is. That's not cool, bro. The dumbing down is working on you. One of the smartest people I know doesn't even know what a Funkin' Wagnalls is. Where are you going to go, man? You know, when you don't have enough social credit, go on your smartphone and look stuff up. So, it made me think, you don't know what a Funkin' Wagnalls is. I didn't know what a door-to-door monkey salesman was. So as weird as it is to you that there's a fucking Wagnalls, what the deal was, some person came to your house, your parents' house, with fancy, colorful pictures, and they sold them volumes of encyclopedia. There was tons of different kinds of door-to-door salesmen back before our time. So there was also door-to-door monkey salesmen. Now that sounds impossible, but truthful. (laughs) I really want to meet this guy in a crowded place somewhere just to find out where there's no chance harm would come to me, and maybe he has to go through a metal detector of some sort, but I need to know more about this guy. Now, you know, we all have been aware for a long time (laughs) of people out there who believe 
in the myth of the Loch Ness door-to-door salesman. <laughs> How could you? The dumb and downs working on you, Rob. That's what I've never heard of before. The dumb and downs working. Them 5G towers are shooting the beams yeah. right in your eyes, Rob. When I don't have enough social credit to get on the internet, I will not have my funk did, and waggles encyclopedia. Did you see that? That uh, like in, in China now, they're requiring you to smile to get through turnstiles for your social credit rating? What? Yeah. So apparently, if you don't know the whatever the wazzles or whatever, I guess, you're not going to be able to get through turnstiles at the subway. That's going to be the new social standard, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. One more phone call. Yesterday, Micah was on his usual Tuesday segment, and he talked about the importance of principles and values and how they are being eroded from our society, and somebody called about that. Regarding principles, I guess that's the best way to describe it. He's spot on. The problem that we have is that we have gone away from our Judeo-Christian principles. All things done right through morality, not the law, are what's important. When you know in your heart what you're doing is right, you continue on. And if you know it's wrong, you stop. And then the law can take effect. Without morality, there is nothing. So I commend Micah Beckwith for saying that because, in my opinion, he's spot on, and we need a lot more of that. We've gotten away from our Christian principles. And Christian principles mean not only for people who are Christians, but across the board. We were founded on Christian principles, which are proper, right and wrong. And until we can get back to that, I feel sorry for the state of our country. We need more of that. You know, we'd been, uh, I think kind of what instigated that is Mike and I were talking about how few people show up to these meetings, whether they're town or city council, school board, county councils, whatever. And I was talking about how frustrating that is for me and what we can do about it. How do you get people more involved? And I know that's something you struggle with, too. Mm. And it, it's really frustrating because I talk to a lot of individuals who simply are, they're, they're apathetic. They just are. They, they, what they seek at the end of the day is they want comfort. And they want to be left alone. And and I respect that. I, I do respect wanting to be left alone and just going and doing your job and just going and spending the rest of the evening home with your family. However, as a citizen of this republic, you have a responsibility to hold it up. You do. Even though I am a very individualist, conservative with libertarian sympathies, I understand that you have a responsibility to your community. And until the rest of the American republic wakes up and realizes that you can't sit this one out, we're going to continue traveling down this dark road and a lot of people are going to get hurt all right that's tony kennett i'm rob kendall kev's here stick around hammer joins us coming up next hey guys how would you feel if you lost out on hundred and eleven thousand dollars in retirement income get this 96 percent of americans lose out on an average of hundred and eleven thousand dollars yes hundred and eleven thousand dollars in social security income and that's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time the good news is you can learn how you could avoid this with a free social security analysis from bill demery your retirement guy right here in indy If you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis by calling 317-932-9912. This free customized analysis shows you exactly how to get the most out of your Social Security benefits, and it won't cost you a dime. 
Call 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. The boys are back in town. Oh, it's time for the one, the only. You can find him over at Hammer and Nigel on Twitter. Jason Allen Hammer. By the way, it's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Tony Kennison for Casey today. It's a regular sausage fest in this yeah, joint today. We got a big nail biter, though, on the Biden madness, Hammer. Man, we thought Thursday's matchup was going to be the one that went down to the buzzer. Mm-hmm. But this one going on right now, and again, you've got until 4 o'clock to vote today. It's pinned at the top of the Hammer and Nigel Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. Man, last time I checked, it was like 50-50 or like 52-48. It's kind of going back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit here. It is a barn burner. So let's start with who we've got going on right now. The number seven seed in this tournament is taking on the number two seed. The number seven seed is when Joe Biden, who ran on being somebody that was going to bring America together, Uh somebody that wasn't going to be a divider or very divisive, sat down for a radio interview with Charlemagne the God and gave us this. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump? And you ain't black. Boy, that's a that's a big one. Think about this. He got away with oh, that. Oh, yeah? Nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to that. He won the election. Mm-hmm. Nigel and I were talking about this yesterday. Because he was successful in doing that, I'm surprised there weren't copycats. Yeah, right. Like, the next time Elizabeth Warren runs an election, <laughs> if you haven't figured out whether or not you're for Elizabeth Warren, then you ain't an Indian. That's <laughs> Great. Ron DeSantis' new campaign. If you haven't figured out if you're for DeSantis or not, then you ain't white. (laughs) Like, when you say these things out loud, it's so ridiculous. It's so cringeworthy. He did it and got away with it. But yeah, never get these. They keep doing. All layers of government keep doing the things because they never get held to account. Hi, good night, everybody, is a U.S. senator. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's currently getting money deposited into his account for the act of U.S. senatoring. All right. So I thought that would be the runaway winner because it is such a famous clip. It's 49 to 51 right now. But it is not. It's very close. So the number two seed in this tournament is where Joe Biden just has a good old fashioned brain fart meltdown on a national interview. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> something near and dear to you, and uh, anyway, <laughs> like anytime you can get the just defeated anyway in there, he just gives up. The beat. You can right. actually see in the moment when the Geritol drops out. <laughs> it's yeah. like the moment that the, the dosage wears he off. He just quits. It's like when I was trying to get the Presidential Physical Fitness Award in third grade at, at Lincoln Elementary, and I got right to the final chin-up, and I couldn't get above the bar, and I just stopped. And I think when I lowered myself, I went, anyway. <laughs> and then somehow, magically, they said I got him. I think and the that, gym teacher counted wrong. And that was just last week. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway. Now, I don't want to... Everybody should go vote at Hammer and Nigel. Because this is going to come down to like the final minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You, they say your vote doesn't count. It totally counts here. I'm pulling for you ain't black. I'm. I'm. In, it's an equitable choice. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want to jump ahead because I know you got one again today, but tomorrow is really the one I've been looking forward to because happy birthday Valva is back on the ballot. 
it. That's Thursday's matchup. Yeah. Happy birthday, Valva, taking on the number one seed <laughs> in the tournament. And again, it's planned out this way, but it coincides with the real start mm-hmm. of March Madness. And right? look, I am going to work so hard to get happy birthday, Valva. <laughs> On to the next round. You're I'm gonna, a Valva lobbyist. Oh, I am. I am going to work harder than I did on my own election. I'm going to work harder than I did on defeating that referendum. You have a Valva super pack. We going are going. Right we are going to bow harvest. We are going to do all of the things to get Valva to keep going because there is nothing more funny than hearing a decrepit old man who's lost his marbles forget someone's name and try to cover for it while singing Happy Birthday. You ain't black. Just overtook anyway. Fifty point four percent to forty nine point six. Power of the radio oh, station. This is- this is going to come down. Now, this goes till 4 o'clock. Yeah. And then we have a new matchup right after that. About 4.48, we announce a new matchup. And tonight, the regional final, someone punching their ticket to the final four. We've got Where's Jackie taking on True International and the Depression. Oh, man, that's such a good one, too, because I think Where's Jackie's going to win the whole thing. It, it really is it, the be, worst. Be, because it, it's so it's so bad, but it's also local. But that one where he, True is so good. Only in an effort to lead true international pressure. So wait a minute. I have to ask one question because I, I haven't been following this as closely. Uh, but what uh, did the Biden statement where um, I just completely left me? How embarrassing. I'm anyway, on anyway, anyway, you know the thing. Just give us an anyway and walk away defeated. Hey, uh, you are uh, gambling your children's college fund on the NCAA tournament. I had a perfect <laughs> night last night. <laughs> the kids now can afford tuition. They can afford yeah. housing. Uh, uh, Tony, you will love this. So I am getting incessant text messages from this guy on this pit. Who was it? Pit? Somebody? Last night, Pitt took on Mississippi State. I So, you know, I watched the game until 1030, and then I just told my wife, I said, I've got to get up and work in the morning. I'm going to bed. And I wake up, and it's just... Bing, 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 <laughs> bing. What are you doing? It's a play-in game, Hammer. It's a play-in game. But you bet the amount of money the SVB bank lost <laughs> on this game last night. The money you can win on the play-in games spends yeah, the same as I the know. money you would win in the national championship. So we had a perfect night last night. The Degenerate Special came through. Texas Corpus Christi won the 16 seed game. I love game. that you bet on Texas Corpus Christi. Uh, oh, tonight I'm riding Fairly Dickinson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fairly Dickinson is getting two and just for the mere fact that it's one of our favorite jokes in the world. How you feeling? Well, fairly Dickinson. <laughs> some people have more Dickinson. Some people have less. I consider myself fairly Dickinson. And then you're going to anger all those people in Newcastle. You are going against Steve Alford tonight. Yes. I, sorry, Newcastle. I'm fading Nevada tonight. I don't like Nevada. Uh, so we've got Arizona State tonight. We've got Fairly Dickinson tonight. So far, knock on wood, yeah. we're undefeated in March Madness. Now, here's the thing I'll say about Steve Alford. He is sort of the Evan Buy of coaching. Like, remember when Steve Alford became a big-time head coach? He was at Southeast Missouri State and then Iowa. Oh my gosh, he's going to be the next John Wooden. He's going to, he look. He looks the part. He won a national championship. He's the all-time Big Ten leading scorer. Same way as Evan Buy. He's going to be a vice president. He could be the president someday. Oh, Oh my gosh, there's all these hopes. Kind of not anything really to write home about as a head coach for Steve Alford. But he does get teams to the tournament now. Is that how we judge a head coach these days if you're one of the 68 best? So he's gotten Iowa, 
He's got New Mexico. We've got UCLA, and he's got Nevada. I maybe even be missing one, but those are the teams that I know he's taken to the dance. It's coming up this afternoon. So, uh, Tony Kennett will join us for his usual Wednesday hit. We've got Biden Madness, Todd Rokita, Guy Relford, and a lot more. Rokita, if he doesn't win, your pizza's free. It's Kendall and Casey Show. Coming up next, we're going to talk more about this banking crisis, the financial institutions. Bill Demery, financial guru, will join us. It's coming up next. We'll be right back.